This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, B.J. Thompson, and licensed therapist John J.P. Parker are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with B.J. and J.P. Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And this is BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today, we are continuing our conversation on wellness. Uh, we've already talked to you about emotional wellness. Oh, I take that back. We talk about relational, relationship wellness, uh, mm-hmm. which always makes me emotional. So that's why I was going there. Um, <laughs> and, right? right. Uh, and then we talked <laughs> about uh, friendship wholeness and wellness and making sure that you got the right mm-hmm. people in your corner. Today we are talking about doom, 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 career wellness, um, and making sure that as you try to secure that bag, you're going about it in a way that's good for you, a way that can make sense, a way that's you know like life giving and 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 not necessarily a drain or something that will make you want to like tap out. You know, we want you to keep going. We want you to keep securing that bag and 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 chasing it. Well, not maybe chasing the paper, but just having a good time while you're doing it. What say ye, BJ? Mm-hmm. What say ye, BJ? Yeah, yeah, I love the idea of career wellness and having a discussion. Um, I grew up in an era where I don't think I ever heard a talk about a career. The greatest, I guess, form of a career celebration um, came when Calvin came back walking down the block um, because he was being made manager <laughs> go. at McDonald's. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's shift manager. And so, yeah, so I think it's extremely important especially as we move into a new era where, you know, careers can be extremely elusive. So, yeah, I'm excited to get into this talk yeah. today. I don't know. It's hard, man. Sometimes you hear people say, try everything. You hear people say, do one thing. You hear people say, do nothing and just get a check from the government. So it just depends on which camp uh, you come from. It's I'm just, I'm just saying, dumb. it's you're dumb. it's a reality. You're dumb. Am I lying? Am I lying? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. You're not. Okay. But I'm just saying. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Go so ahead. for go me, ahead. growing go up, ahead. how I grew up, where I grew up, um, I think my mother and father, um, while he was around, were just happy that I wasn't in the streets that they knew of. So for hmm. my mom, even going into college, it was one of those things where just, hey, just go to college. Um, once you graduate high school, you can't stay here. So either you go to college or... Right, yeah. that's it. I'll get a job. But either work. way it goes, you can't stay here. <laughs> um, so I was, Did your mom know my mother? Because my mother said the same thing. Uh, Did your mom know my mama? Nah, she... Nah, I was going to say something, <laughs> but I, I see, I decided not to. Oh, are you going to put some mama No, 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 no dozens, no dozens. Just more so like, just the idea of whether or not like she made clothes for me or made me wear the Wranglers and stuff like that. <laughs> so, but my mom oh. also did not put in on a haircut. So I wore a wave cap probably ninth grade to 12th grade. And my my hair was severely Ooh. matted underneath there, boy. My hair was so long. But anyway, they didn't know each other. So I pretty much was the advice, hey, do what you do. Do what you feel. My dad told me, 
You know, don't use your back. Don't lift anything heavier than a pencil. Stay in school. Stay in the books. Um, mom was just like, hey, find your career. She wanted me to be a uh, architectural engineer uh, to some extent. Um, I guess that's, I think those are two different careers. Um, you have an architect and you have an engineer. So maybe a civil engineer or something she would have preferred me to be. Um, but I just, you know, wasn't, wasn't my thing. So I didn't have my first real job until college. And then after that, during college, you know, you have eight, nine jobs a semester. Well, people that like me, I don't know about you. You may have been getting paid to go to school or something. Um, maybe. Yeah. You're in California. So listen, bro, listen, you That's needed true. 10 That's jobs true. to live in Cali. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah. Y'all had $5 gas when I was visiting. Yeah. Y'all had a $5 per gallon gas. So no, I bought a motorcycle. My first motorcycle That's that right. I purchased was during that $5 a gallon situation. I was like, ah, oh, nah, bro, I'm done. Um, not finna happen. And I was too lazy to bike. So motorcycle was cool and gas effective. So uh, for me, <laughs> cycling through careers, trying to figure out what I want to do. Literally, I was a counselor. I worked at a school. Um, still don't know what I did at that school. And by counselor, I meant somebody that the bad kids would just spit on and fight when they were upset. I was a tax man, ran my own tax office. I was a, a artist manager for a record label. I was a um, trying to think. Uh, I worked at a bank. I was a <laughs> private banker for a while. I mean, I, bro, I can just lay out the carpet for careers. Um, and one thing that I appreciate is that all my life experiences have kind of led me to the place where I'm at now. So I'm grateful for them. But I also feel like for some people, that's probably not the best move. Um, and it could lead to a lot of wasted time. It could lead to a lot of wasted potential. Um, and it could lead to just being in a place where you, you bounce around from career so much that you're burnt out by the time you finally find something that you actually may want to do for maybe not for the hmm. rest of your life, but at least until you retire. And so I guess as way of just open illustration is just just the the idea of helping people understand like, man, you got to know who you are. You got to know your personality type. You got to know your, you got to have some kind of career goal. And one thing that I will say that if you early on, if I had done more career testing, like if somebody would have gave me a test and said, hey, these are the things that you're good at. Maybe you look at these things. Um, I probably wouldn't have wasted so much time just kind of just bouncing from place to place to place. Goodness gracious. You, you did what? You were a banker? You are uh, what? You lay concrete. You uh, yeah, sold, yeah. sold cars. Yeah, let's get into the career fails. Man, I have so many career fails, and I think about it. I, um, I've been on interviews, and there were thirty people in the room, and you know there was no one who was a representative from the company there. <laughs> what? I quietly <laughs> spoke up and was like, "Hey, does anybody I, listen? I'm gonna tell you this." I quietly spoke up and I said, hey, uh, does anybody know what the job is? And JP, no one in the room knew hey, what hey, the actual hey. job was, right? Um, yeah, and then this guy comes in missing a tooth. Shout out to my people who are um, denture impaired or missing teeth. And he told us that we were going to sell vacuums, right? So, yeah, so like I remember I have been a part of a lot of things, especially careers. Uh, I think when I think about career fail, I think kind of along the lines of what you're saying with kind of being reactive to things and just saying, I just want a job. You know, I need to pay bills and therefore I need to run a job. So I've kind of lived with that mindset and it's led me to wherever I had access and opportunity. And so, you know, I, I shared before how I've been married for 17 years, have three children, 
And my oldest daughter, when she was first born, I remember um, having been in school and dropping out of college and thinking like, man, I'm going to, I don't know. I don't know what I thought I was going to do. I, I guess I, thought I was just going to work in ministry and read the Bible all day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I thought I was going what to do. What an aspiration. <laughs> but JP, when those, bro, listen, but when those bills start coming, I was like, oh, I got to take care of this baby. And one of the things that I did was I ended up uh, working at a safe facility for adults um, who, you know, have special needs. And I'm, I'm, I'm going in for the interview, JP, and like, <laughs> I noticed like, yo, it's just like a handful of us. And it seems like they're what? hiring on what? the spot, right? They're bringing people in. And I was like, why does everybody get hired on spot, right? But let me tell you what, listen, I know why they're getting hired on spot. When you get into the job, bro, it is wild. Like, it's like no other experience I've ever seen in my life. Like, anything in the state is is ran by the state. So it's not necessarily something that you're like, oh, I think this is a, you know, this is something well-funded, well-fueled. This is like state dollars. And so after quickly after being in there, and I remember one day I was driving to work and I was like, I don't know if I want to go in today. You know, I'm so stressed out. I'm so strained, but I have a daughter at home. And I think what I realized in that moment, JP, was I was living in mm-hmm, career fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> I didn't have any idea, like, what I was supposed to be, how I was supposed to work, how I was supposed to provide. And yet I hated what I was doing, but I needed to do what I was doing. And I think in a lot of ways, what what I experienced in that moment was like, man, I'm torn. And I I want to be more, but I don't know how. So yeah, that's my career fail. I was about <laughs> to go into the applications culture, but I was like, that ain't slow the part. Slow down, guys. We, slow not, down. we didn't get there yet. Go ahead, bro. Um, <laughs> nah, man. I mean, listen. Uh, one of my biggest uh, career fails, I was working for a very wealthy banking institution, one of the banks that got bailed out by President Obama during that whole fiasco with the uh, banks and such. Um, or was it Bush? No, I think, did Bush and Obama, either way, either way. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, it was the Bush. This bank bailout situation, company makes billions of dollars, right? Anyway, that's another story for another day because they might want to put some money in their pockets one day. (laughs) So I'm, I'm working for this institution and I am so desperate to get off of the, what do you want to say, uh, teller line that I was pretty much willing to do anything. And in this situation, because of my skill set, I got promoted. But my promotion came with a verbal promotion, right? So I go from teller. You hired. Well, I mean, pretty much. I go from teller (laughs) to personal banker. And personal banker, you're handling a bunch of money. You're opening accounts. I wish I was in a drive-thru. If I was at the window, that'd have been great. I'd have stayed at the window, bro. Like You get some action. You get to see different people. You just send a little thing through the chute. And it comes back to you, you know. Some young folks are have no idea what we're talking about right now. Um, but so I, I got this promotion. Uh, I wouldn't, it wasn't even on paper. It was verbal. And so now I'm doing something that's two or three pay grades above what I got hired to do. Um, mind you, this whole time, I didn't get no pay increase. Uh, I didn't get no bonus. Uh, they may have sent me off to like one training, maybe. Mm. I mean, I probably burnt my own gas for that. But what what I'm getting to is that in my desire to not be in a in a in a 
position that I didn't want to be in. I was willing to take whatever was given to me. Again, it was an upgrade, but it came at a cost. I was doing harder work and it may not have been harder because nothing's really, you know, it wasn't really hard for me, but it put me in a lot of positions where people yelling at me. They were testing my patience. They was calling me out my name. Um, my, my manager was siding with these people because they had Ooh. money in their accounts. You know, I just I took a lot of L's uh, on an emotional, psychological aspect that I didn't necessarily should have taken all for the promise of of getting something more, which was money, which never happened. And so I guess what I'm saying in, in the long story short is that because I was at a place where I was vulnerable and willing to do whatever just to get off that teller line, I ended up playing myself in the end because the promises that were made were never fulfilled. I didn't get the check. I didn't get the bonus. Uh, and I'm and I'm pretty much helping this company make millions, you know what I'm saying, while I'm getting nothing in return. Um, and I, you know, and I just vowed to myself, I'll never be in that position again. And I think we've talked about it before. People will let you help them build their their castles, their kingdoms, their business, their whatever, um, exactly while you right. gain nothing. And as long as you do that, they will allow you to do that. Um, and this institution was a prime example of how I was, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and doing all these different things, taking these L's and never got what was due to me. And they had no problems in allowing me to continue to do that. And so, you know, I just learned like, hey, man, like, hey, I can be this fool, boo-boo the fool, as they say. Uh, that might, again, maybe an old school turn, turn for some of y'all. That is an old school, boo-boo the fool. Yeah, That's old yeah. school. So Go I was boo-boo for <laughs> a minute. Um, and then once I realized I was getting boo-booed on, uh, I decided to to make a move. But, it, it, you know, it's just one of those things where you just, you know, had I known better, maybe I would have done better. But I was just happy just to get off that line, bro. I just, I couldn't take it no more. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, I think this is a great point about desperation. And I would say one of the ways that you know that you are probably in a career fail is you're in desperate mode. You are in what I call reactive mode, right? Um, You do the things you do because you are reacting to a need, a bill. Like I said, for me, you know, full transparency, I was working in a position that was driving me out of my mind and had me, I mean, bro, I was having breakdowns. Like, this is not a joke. I like, I'm not, this, this yeah, is yeah. not for the for the coolness of the podcast. I was having nervous breakdowns thinking about going to work. And I was like, yo, I don't like this. Like, I'm stressed every day. And, you know, then I was thinking like, okay, when I have a daughter at home and, I need to take care of her. And it just, you know, you just, you know that you're in a career fail when you are acting reactively and not proactively, right? And so, you know, I think part of the dilemma or one of the signs that you're in a career fail is you ended up there or you're only staying there Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you need to pay the bills, right? Not because you are living in a way that is intentional and you planned it out, right? And so one of the things that I would say that I see in a culture as we make that switch is, man, I, I think that there's a there's a movement. It's a weird movement, right? So we grew up in an era where everyone said, go to get out of high school, finish college, and go work a job, right? So that was like the the thing, the mantra. Now what job you can Literally. you know you can be anything. <laughs> and so because you could be anything, literally, literally, because you could be anything, most people, you know, really got uh, incinerated in that idea. And so that was the thing was that you just kind of ended up in a place because you, you knew 
you could do anything, but as long as you you went to college and you were good. I think this generation, if you are under 25, they have another dilemma, right? They quickly despise work, um, being told what to do, you know, in a certain regard, and the responsibility of having to oversee somebody else's stuff. And so I think a quick way out yeah, yeah, of that yeah, is yeah, entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. And to say like, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. But here's the challenge with entrepreneurship. JP, if you hate your boss or your job and you think, oh, I'm going to become an entrepreneur and then I'm going to make money on my own. Listen to this, bro. For the first time in your life, you will finally understand what it means to own. You'll finally understand what it means to be responsible for your livelihood and to create outcomes out of nothing, bro. Right? And so I think that one of the greatest challenges of our generation is people who are lazy, right, think that entrepreneurship is the quick way out only to, especially when you have to depend on it for your livelihood. I'm not talking about when you live with your mama. I'm talking about when you have to actually pay the bills with your entrepreneurship. What you realize very quickly is, wait, I have to wake up every single day. I have to create an outcome that generates revenue. And then I got to wake up the next day and do it again. Listen, that's more difficult than going to a nine to five job. And so one of the career challenges that I see for our generation is we want the quick way out with the microwave results, not realizing that it's going to cost us a whole lot, um, even more than just going to somebody's job. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. What do you see, JP, as like the career fails or career challenges of this generation or, yeah, the culture as a whole? So, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you. Um, I saw somebody post the other day uh, where they were like, you know, all these people trying to push people into this entrepreneurship thing. Entrepreneurship ain't for everybody. And I realized like, oh, yeah, I was definitely one of those guys who was trying to push people in that, you know, like, hey, stop working for people, you know, build your own castle, you know, sit at your own table. Not in the sense of what we're talking about, but just like be the head of your table, you know, and coming to realize like, man, some people just aren't built for that. You know, like you're saying, they're not built for the the long haul. They're not built for the 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 long hours. They're not built for the. I have plenty of friends that make a lot of money. That's like, I'm OK working for XYZ company. I know they make yes, exponentially sir. more than me. Ex- you know, I, I understand that. I make a lot of money, but I make this company a lot more money than I make. 
And they're okay with that, right? Because their thing is like, yo, like it's secure. I go in, I leave, I take my vacations, I take my lunch, I take That's my right. break. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it's a lifestyle that like they can they can do. You know what I'm saying? And That's it doesn't right. require a lot That's of right. like you know shenanigans. Worry, right. overwhelmed, right. Right. thinking about your next right. meal. Right. Go right. ahead. Except for if they decide to let you go, but you know that's another show for another day, right? That's another show for another right. day. Go. But I, I, one of the things that I think is is just kind of out there is just this idea of hitting the lick, right? Um, coming mm. up on something. What do you mean? Some people don't know oh, what you mean when sorry. you say hit a lick. Go ahead. Um, you when there's an opportunity for an easy come up, when that comes along, and you know, back in the day, it used to be network marketing, right? I sold Noni juice. I used to sell uh, uh, dietary products. I sold all of these things where people had to <laughs> sign up underneath me. And as they made money, I made money. If, if you're not familiar with a pyramid scheme, look it up. If you're not familiar with network marketing, look it up. Uh, look it up. Sorry. And my, the country came out. Look it up. Why? Look it up. Look at that. Look it up. Um, so if you look up network marketing. I just said, lick it up. You said, said look it that's up. That's what I'm saying. You, the country, country came out. Look it up. Why? Um, if you, if, so, ahead, so like even bro. here where I am now, I'm, I'm, I'm on a whole nother continent and I got approached by somebody in the hotel about cashing in my money to gold and getting paid in gold and all these different things. I'm like, man, why would I take my USD currency, give it to you so in exchange you can give me some gold? I can't go to, <laughs> <laughs> I can't go to Walmart with gold, bro. It just don't work. We're not there yet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and them trying to convince me how much more my gold would be worth, but I'm like, bro. Man, you got this gold, man. This gold is gonna be so worth so much in the next five hundred years. And I'm like, bro, but you're taking my cash. You can go buy a house with my cash. I can't go buy a house with your gold. Like, even if it is worth the same amount or more, it doesn't work that way, right? So uh, again, you know, we 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 have a culture where if it's easy to do, if it's fast to do, I'm gonna do that because we have these quote unquote overnight sensations. We see these YouTubers, we see these Instagrammers, we see all these different people that appear as if they've come up. You know what I'm saying? Overnight, uh, when of course that doesn't happen. And if they do, it's probably because they have fake likes and, and fake accounts. And you know what I'm saying? If they were to scrub their scrub their social medias, they would go from a million followers to 25, you know, that type of thing. Um, so as long as those things are pervasive in the culture, as long as those things are happening, um, it's going to be very difficult for people to find uh, job wellness and to be to be happy in a situation, especially like when you like if you look at it. The people that are that are making the money now are people that are like multifaceted. So you have like a Wendy's Kardashian or Jenner's, right? They're on a TV show. Uh, they, you know, they get naked for a living. Not naked, but they show their, you know, show show their show their uh, show their show, sales, their show their bodies, bodies off. Then they do the makeup. Then they have, you know, they have all of these different uh, uh, secondary supplemental uh, supplemental yeah uh, incomes that come from things related to their notoriety, right? And so then you have a people like me and you that's like, oh, we'll get rich from being famous. You know what I mean? And then you go through all these things, not us particularly, but just people to, to become famous, right? You start doing stuff for the gram. You start doing stuff for the vine. You start doing all these different things. And so instead of going to work, instead of working hard, do it for, for the vine. Did you see that little girl? I can see that, that visual of that little girl doing it for the vine. Go ahead. Right? <laughs> and so you have like, instead of our parents and our parents' parents and our parents' parents' parents who were like, yo, I'm going to save up three months, four months, a year's worth of pay and buy a car cash. I'm going to save up for 10 years and buy a house. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, blah, 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 blah. But now let's put it on credit card. Let's be famous first. Let's get some blue checks on Instagram and, and Twitter. Let's do all these things that are necessary that don't really require hard work, maybe requires busy work, uh, may not retor- require dedication. It may not require, a, uh, you know, a, a typical grind. I guess there is some grind. I'm, I'm not going to take it away from influencers. They, they do their thing or whatever. 
But we ha- we 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 see the people that are billionaires and the work that they put in versus these people that are flashing the pan, overnight sensations here today, going tomorrow for this temporary come up. Um, because again, the idea in the culture now is like, hey, you ain't got to work hard. You just got to work fast or work smarter and get to some something first and then allow that thing to kind of carry you um, on and on and on. So it, it switched from everybody being an entrepreneur to everybody be a, a, a socialite, everybody be a social media person. Uh, then at some point in between, it was like everybody jump on these network marketings, you know, just all these schemes. And I think none of that stuff beats hard work, dedication, as Nipsey would say running that marathon and just making sure that the things that you do, you're planting your seeds in, in, in good ground. Um, that the things you do, the legacy you leave will be something that's that's long lasting. You know what what interests me and in what you're saying is I think what we're longing for is a couple of things. One, I think we're longing for deep security, right? We we long for the sense of like safety and to be able to say, I don't have to worry anymore. And I think what's problematic about Well, let me say what's good about it. What's good about it is human beings are innately designed with a desire to want to create. And worry is in conflict to that desire, right? Because worry becomes an obstacle to creating because out of creation comes freedom, right? I think the problem happens is when you try to sidestep the process of discovering who you are, what you end up missing out on is the true self of you because you just want to overcome difficulty with no difficulty, Mm -hmm. right? And so when you want to get to the place where you want to get to with no difficulty, here's what happens. You end up cheapening the end results, Mm -hmm. right? So, (laughs) So just think about it like this. Think about a caterpillar. If the caterpillar is told, one day you're going to fly, and it decides, yo, whatever is going to happen next, like, I like going on the ground, eating grub, eating, you know, leaves, everything else. It's scary to think anything else. And if it just wanted to go into being a butterfly, bro, listen, it would die. Its wings would not be strong enough, Right. Part of the reality of that cocoon, that difficulty, is that as you embrace the process of the cocoon and you have to break out of its grip and its power, you think, dag, this is hard. Dag, I'm tired. Dag, I'm frustrated. Dag, I feel a ways about this. What you're unaware of is that very struggle is now preparing you to fly. Mm. So that when you come out of that cocoon, your body is ready to take flight. So here's what I think is happening with us with career goals. We want to jump into our careers, that thing we've been destined to do in terms of work, without difficulty. And because we're avoiding the difficulty, when we do it, two things happen. One, we're not ready to do it in a way that's excellent, right? Because we cheapen the process. Two, when we get there, we're not grateful, bro. Listen to this, man. I've had to struggle. So what you see on me is real struggle. This is not for the ground. And so when I see progress now in any area, it's because I legitimately struggled 
And I go, wow, that's grace. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's encouraging. That's inspiring. Why? Because I've seen us crawling. I've been a caterpillar for so long that now when I see my wings spread and flap and carry me from tree to tree, there is gratitude there, right? So listen, where there's an absence of gratitude, JP, there is a void or absence of struggle. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's happening with us in career goals is we just want passive income. Yeah. Yeah. We just want to be an entrepreneur. We just want to be these radical, amazing speakers and communicators. And we don't want to go through all of the real-time things that would allow you to be that with joy, gratitude, and a deep sense of what it really means to not cheapen a process. What do you think, JP? What what do you say about that? Go ahead. I think... Um, and just adding to what you said, it's just the consistency that's necessary, right? We are conditioned for fast results, popcorn generation, and all these cliches. Popcorn. Yeah, popcorn, right? Pop, pop. All these cliches. And and they're, at some point, I mean, the truth thereof is that it's, it's, it's problematic. So we are in a situation in a space where I think people... So I won't say it's bad because, you know, you hear you hear about all the stories, the LinkedIn, people have a job for six months, they have a job for a year, they have a job for two years, and they on to the next thing. And I think that only makes employers mad because they're mad because they have these turnovers every every so often, right? Um, but before, a company could have an employee for 30 years, 40 years, and they were straight. And so I think that... That's right. You need to watch. Right, exactly. You need <laughs> you to watch. watch. And so I think on one end, I, I, kudos to the people that are like, hey, I'm about to go on this job interview because I'm cool here. Like, I'm gone. Like, I can't do this anymore. And on the other end, it's like, all right, are you leaving that space because you don't have what it takes to be consistent, that you're not able to be consistent, that you don't have that ethic to kind of be consistent? Or is it just that you thought this would be fun and it's not fun anymore, so you're on to the next thing, Woo. you know? Woo. And so go that ahead. can also be, and this is, again, another story for another day, but that could also be uh, significant of how you are as a person. If that's how you do business, that's, that mm. might be how you are as a person and vice versa. So you don't... Slow down, slow yeah. down, slow down. Describe that person again. Yeah. So now describe the character of that type of person. Yeah. So the lack of commitment, the lack of consistency, the the inability to stay in one place for a certain amount of time, the inability to stay put, to fight through things, um, just because you're bounced from job to job under the banner of hey, I'm just trying to be free and find my space, that just may be a personality flaw that you haven't dealt with um, that needs to get dealt with um, so that you can be happy in your career, that you can be well and whole in career. Um, and, you know, I'm not talking to you, but I'm talking to you, whoever's listening and, and felt that That's thing right. that, you know, it's an encouragement. That's right. That's you. Right. It's for right. you. <laughs> it's not an indictment. It's an encouragement. Um, and so I think that, you know, in, in, again, piggybacking what you're saying, like, we have to build in that consistency in a culture that's inconsistent, in a culture that just says, hey, come and go, in a culture that just says, hey, try something new, in a culture that just says, hey, change your hair color, you know, change your, change your wig, change your weave change your hairstyle, you know, whatever. Stop wearing those baggy pants. Stop, you know, take the braids out your hair. You know, it's just so many different things that you can do that just change your your whole thing overnight. Like you see people on on the socials. I'm like, yo, oh, that girl used to look like me. Then she put that makeup on. She looked like a whole woman. It's like, what just happened? Ooh. And so, you know, we're in these situations where... What? Did you just sneak this? <laughs> Did you just sneak this woman who... Uh... 
use makeup to cover it. Go ahead. Sorry. Ladies, uh, no. this is not BJ Thompson. No. This, this is John A. Parker. Make an illustration. Hit him up. See John Roar. You don't have to, you don't have to give out my government. You don't have to do that. <laughs> All I'm saying is that there are people who, instead of doing what they got to do to be to make a real change, will just go for the quick cover-up. That's all I'm saying. Mm. So again, hey ladies, at BJ Tom, he's the he's the guy <laughs> that you need to uh, holler at. He's, the, he's guy. the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. So I love the point about the quickness of cover up, and it really just kind of speaks to the need for patience, right? And so th- there are some baby boomers who are listening to this, and then they're saying, "Rah, amen," right? Um, yes, don't leave, right? The problem with the idea of just don't leave is sometimes your time is up. Listen, you got that 30-year watch? Your time was up 25 years ago, yeah. right? Like, you just stayed. And you stayed because it was more convenient, right? And what I would say is, again, here we are. That's still you sidestepping the process of discovery through struggle, that you need to discover you, right? Here's here's what I would say attitude-wise, career-wise. You don't work for a company, you work with them, right? This is the mindset shift, right? Like, I don't work for said 500, you know, Fortune 500 company. I work with them as a client, right? Like, they are my client. I work with such and such as my client. Now, think about that. When I work with someone, I'm bringing something special that allows that company to elevate their services, their products, or their goods. When I work for them, I'm just kind of subject and I'm not deciding those things. And so one of the ways that I think that you can begin to create some career advancement is realize you work with people and you don't work for people. And when you begin to shift your mind, now you take on a company or a nonprofit or organization as your client, and you're providing the thing that you do uniquely within the scope of the job description that's been given to you. And you treat it as such so that whenever you leave, you can now say, I have such and such as one of my clients, right? And so one of the GOAT moments for me or applications for me is, You have to begin to think to yourself, no, I work with such and such. I don't work for them because it transforms the way that you operate. What what are some GOAT moments? What do we need to to know to be the GOAT as far as career wellness? What we know is that um, health is wealth, right? To borrow cliche from the streets. So if, if you aren't spiritually, emotionally, physically healthy, your job will just be another place to kind of further put you one step closer to the grave. Uh, Again, job or owning your own job or being an entrepreneur or, you know, whatever, being a CEO, whatever that looks like. If you are not good in other areas, again, emotional health, physical health, spiritual health, the energy that you have at work or what you bring to your job, is just going to be something else that's going to, you know, help you come to a a quick demise, unfortunately. Um, So I think that Part of the whole idea of like career wholeness, career wellness is really one, assessing whether or not you need to be doing what you're doing. Mm, what I do mean, you mean? Should you be a banker and you can't really count well? Um, should you be a school teacher when you can't stand kids? 
Should you be a police officer when you're just angry and want to get back at the people that you police? Um, should you be a, you know, you know, I can go on, 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 right? So whatever it is that you're doing, if you're unhappy there or if you can't find relief or if you don't feel like it's something that's good for you, um, you need to look into doing something different. If you don't, if you don't know yeah, what bro. you're good at, if you don't know what skills you have, again, like we talked about before, you can ask other people that know you well, like your mom and your daddy, your auntie, your uncles, your spouse. Um, granted, you've been married more than six months, um, uh, unless you dated for 10 years. But, you know, again, it, I'm, what I'm saying is your significant other needs to know you for real. You can take an assessment. You can do an MBTI um, or some other uh, assessment to where you can look at career goals and, and how, you're, how you're built for certain things. And, and not just picking a career based on the perks or if it sounds cool or if this will bring you fame and fortune. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to, what'd you say? Aerodynamic right. engineer. <laughs> right, right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, all right, cool. I just make sure chairs stand up straight. Oh, that's what you do. All right, cool. Um, that, that chair look real straight. Cool. Hired. Um, so just, you know, just thinking through like, like, how is it that one, this job that you have is affecting you emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, are you suited for this particular thing? Can you do it? But you may, and you may, you may be able to do something really well. Like, I don't think I've ever had any job that I didn't do well, but it wasn't the job that I needed to have. Um, do you spend enough time praying and considering whether or not this is the direction that uh, the creator would have you going in? Is it something that's keeping you away from your family, that's keeping away from your friends, that doesn't allow you to thrive in your community? Does it keep you isolated from people? Does it bring you more distress than it, than it does comfort? Um, these are just things that you have to consider and look at when you're deciding whether or not something you're already doing is for you. And then before you get into that thing, you have to consider the cost. What will this cost me? What will this require of me as I do this? Um, yeah, I, w- I would like to be, uh, you know, a philanthropist. I would like to be this, that, and other thing, but it's going to require me to be on planes, trains, and automobiles. I don't, fl- I don't do well with flying. I don't need to have a job that's going to require me to fly a lot. You know what I'm saying? I have panic attacks when I'm on an airplane. Then you don't need to be in a job that's going to require you to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I just don't think enough people consider uh, the cost of, of the jobs that they have. So I'll stop there because that's enough free game. Good. You got a bunch of questions. Make sure y'all go back and replay that. He asked about I did. Questions. And it was fast too, man. I'm and trying not to I, do that. It was. I know. Uh, it's fine. That's why they have replay. Okay. And so make sure you go back and listen to replay, go through all those questions and allow, you know, the ideas um, that you heard and, and do some evaluation of what's going on, right? Um, what I would say is if you're listening to this and it sounds overwhelming and you're thinking to yourself, man, I I really don't know where to start uh, with my career goes. I'm stuck, I'm overwhelmed, and I need to make a significant change. Make sure you visit the buildabetterus.com website, click get involved, and then book your free, free, free initial uh, consultation uh, with one of our trained coaches. And we would love to walk with you uh, very specifically to your issue. Um, If this podcast has been helpful to you, we want to make sure you share it with one person. Because our job is to help you become a better you. So that we can become a better us. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. 
To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by the Better Samaritan podcast, where Jamie Ayton and Kent Annan discuss everything from simple acts of kindness to complex humanitarian challenges with their guests. Want to learn how to faithfully do good better? Find insights at The Better Samaritan.